Hey folks, welcome back to Hyrulean Reviews Adventure Time. I'm your host, everybody's favorite mid-twenties pop culture hyperfixator, Hyrulean. And it's time to talk yet again about Adventure Time. Last time when we left off, we had a smorgasbord of episodes for your listening pleasure. And this time it's pretty much the same thing, except it's less of a smorgasbord and more of a menu at a restaurant that's themed with one specific item. And for us in this series of episodes, that one specific item is filler content because these are five filler episodes that basically just kind of do a bunch of really weird shit. This block has one of those episodes where I just kind of pause after I finish the episode and I'm looking at my notes and I'm looking at the screen and I can vaguely see my reflection in the screen and my mouth has dropped. Notable examples from the past include the episode where Finn eats soy human and decides that he actually likes the way that humans taste, and many, many more. We've got another one of those in this one, along with some other episodes that were also very strange, so I hope you folks are feeling open-minded today. And as always with the strange episodes, I might mix up some of the details because they can be notably harder to follow so hopefully you folks will bear with me on that because God knows I have trouble recounting some of the crazier episodes. But either way, without further ado, folks, let's swiftly move along here with Season 5 of Adventure Time with five new episodic reviews. Season 5, episode 16, Poo-Hoy, is quite the strange episode. Let's get into it. So, Finn and Jake are hanging out at the treehouse with Bimo, and they are working on constructing an absolutely massive pillow fort. And Finn's just kind of sitting on some pillows and sulking to himself because... In recent days, he's been thinking about his relationship with Flame Princess and how recently he told her a joke and she didn't laugh at it. And he's starting to wonder if the relationship is going to end up making it or not and if they are kind of like an end goal couple or not. And because of all that, he's starting to get really bummed out and do that sort of Finn depressive episode that he does every so often. And... Jake's kind of upset because he just wants to keep building this pillow fort and having fun because it's raining knives again outside, so there's nothing better to do. Um, and Finn's actually shapeshifted into like a skid loader, and he dumps off a whole bunch more pillows right at the um, at the base of the pillow fort. And we actually see Bimo and another even smaller Bimo-like robot that has Simo printed on the side as well fall out of it. And this is the only time we see Simo in the entire episode, so I'm not going to mention him anymore, but don't think that's because 
Uh, I don't think it's important and crucial to the plot. They literally just show this little tiny miniature BMO and then they proceed not to elaborate and he's not in the rest of the episode. So you guys are as in the dark as I am on this one. Uh, but basically, he's like, hey, cheer up, man. I'm sure it's fine. And Finn does not listen to him and he continues to sulk and be depressed and all that good stuff. And what ends up happening is he just decides to crawl into the pillow fort and kind of relax and take a load off and try not to think about things for a little bit. And he ends up stumbling upon a door. And this door mysteriously leads him to this strange, massive pillow world. And there's a large, like, blanket and pillow town at the base of this mountain that he's on. And when he comes out the door and it shuts behind him, it disappears from the mountainside. And he is trapped in this strange land of soft, fabric-y materials. And Finn just so happens to see some random pillow and blanket children running and screaming in the middle of this town and he asks them what's going on and one of them with like a southern accent is like you better run mister there's a blanket dragon in town and Finn looks down the road and he sees this blanket dragon and naturally being the hero that he is he sees that these pillow and blanket children are afraid of it and he goes determined to slay the blanket dragon. And of course, since he has a sword and this dragon is made out of a literal blanket, he fucks it up and feathers go spewing everywhere like blood. And this like town mayor guy who is also made out of pillows comes up to Finn and is like, thank you fleshy pillow man for saving our town with your sharp pillow. And Finn's like, hey, no problem, bro. And they actually throw a party in Finn's honor uh, at night. And everybody's kind of like dancing and having a good time and, you know, eating punch and that kind of thing. Yes, I did say eating punch. And Finn's just kind of off in a dark corner by himself, still feeling depressed because he doesn't really know how to get back home and he's still feeling shitty about his relationship and its future. When all of a sudden, the mayor's daughter, Rosalinen, comes around the corner and happens to meet with Finn in this dark corner. And she basically is like, hey, thanks for saving our town. Uh, would you like to dance? And Finn's like, uh, I've got a girlfriend. And she's like, it's just a dance. It's not marriage. And Finn's like, yeah, uh, I guess you're right. So they stand up for a slow dance. And... Basically, they slow dance and they just kind of talk and Finn's like, this universe is fucking weird. I need to get back home. They make small talk. And after their slow dance, the mayor comes back over to Finn and thanks him again for saving the town. And Finn proceeds to ask them for help on locating the door that will lead him back to the land of Ooh. And of course, the mayor says that they'll oblige and they'll help him look. And we cut back to Jake and Bimo outside of the blanket fort in the land of Ooh. And basically, Jake's just kind of trying to fish back his cup because he 
threw his favorite mug out the window to try and show Finn that things that you care about in life don't really matter, but it's clear that he actually did care about the mug because he was trying to fish it back, and he got it back, and I don't know if this was in another scene later or not, but I'm just going to include it here as well. Bimo was wearing a clown wig, and it was fucking adorable, and he had another clown wig that he placed on top of Jake's mug as well. And they're just kind of chatting, and they're like, hmm, I wonder when Finn's going to come out of the pillow fort. And they kind of yell into him, and he doesn't answer, obviously. So that's sort of the importance of their B-plot in this episode. And then we cut back to Finn, except something very different has happened. <laughs> Basically, we see Rosalinen in a kitchen... And she's talking to two young pillow children. And she basically, she basically asks her two young pillow children to go find their father. And we cut to outside and we see a fully matured adult Finn chopping down a tree with his sword. And the two children with Rosalind, Rosalinen at toe come out and greet him and they're like father father we missed you it's time for dinner you know stuff like that and it's clear that Finn is now an adult and basically a car starts to pull up a pillow car and the kids instantly get excited and they're like oh grandpa's here grandpa grandpa and the mayor of the pillow and blanket town gets out of his car and he starts to talk to Finn and he's like hey we've still had no luck finding the door to lead back to your dimension we're terribly sorry and Finn's bummed out about it but he's at least relieved that you know he's able to make the most of his life here in this strange blanket and pillow dimension and I think at this point we do cut back to uh, Bimo and Jake for a little while and then we cut back to Finn again and he's even older now and we see basically an older man version of Finn and one of his arms is replaced with a similar robotic arm to his life in the alternate dimension at the beginning of season 5 except of course it's made out of pillows and we learn that he's climbed to the top of this mountain to visit with a monk who potentially might know some stuff about this dimensional door that would lead him back to the land of Boo. And Finn's children are now basically adults, and his wife, Rosalinen, is now an old woman. And essentially, he goes into this monk's tent and talks to this monk, and the monk explains that the door to the other dimension where nothing is soft kind of appears and disappears at will and that's all that's really known about it it's sort of natural and impossible to control and impossible to predict and uh he does think however that the door will appear at some point soon near the location that the monk is at near this tent in the mountains but Finn, when he goes outside and starts talking to his wife, Rosalind, and decides that he would probably rather spend the rest of his life in here with his family and his children, which he holds very dearly, and he decides not to seek out the door anymore and decides to throw up on, throw up, throw up? What am I trying to say here? 
throw out the idea of trying to go home and instead enjoy his time with his family much to their relief and enjoyment because they were scared they were going to lose their father and we eventually do cut as well to finn as an old man on his deathbed and essentially his wife and his children are getting one last good look at him as he's passing away of old age and as he passes away he becomes incredibly senile and when he does fully die he sort of goes through this strange cosmic journey for a little bit and he goes around some weird looking like galaxy beings and he's completely naked and his beard is covering his crotch and it's a really long white beard and essentially what ends up happening is his soul returns to the land of Ooh and back to his body and he finds himself in the pillow fort at the exact moment that he left as if no time had passed and he crawls out of the pillow fort and basically he starts talking about this really strange dream that he had where he had kids and all this different stuff and then the phone rings and it's flame princess explaining that she just understood his joke finally after all this time and she thought it was really funny and when he hangs up his phone jake and bimo ask about this dream that he was about to explain and he says what dream and he's actually forgotten everything seemingly implying that it actually happened but now it's been erased from his mind and that is the end of that episode an absolute fucking crazy one and it's essentially like the episode of rick and morty where uh uh, Rick and Morty go to Blitz and Chits and Morty plays the Roy arcade game where he experiences an entire man's life in a game. It's kind of like that this episode because it's basically a self-contained story of the character's entire life if it was on a different path. So this one was really interesting. Uh, but basically, let's make sure I didn't miss anything here. Uh, filler episode, yes. Did I spot the snail? No. Were there any fart jokes? Yes. Uh, the cutest part was definitely when Bimo was wearing the clown wig. Uh, and some funny moments include Finn saying that he wouldn't dance with Raza Lennon because he has a girlfriend and she says it's just a dance, not marriage. And then they proceed to get married and have kids. Um, and Jake offers to make Bimo some hot chocolate in the B plot. And Bimo says, Jake. You drive a hard burger, and it's really adorable. Uh, the weirdest part was probably this entire fucking episode. And uh, some other notes. It was raining knives again in this episode, uh, which is noteworthy because the last time it happened was the Imagination episode. So it's possible that everything that we experienced was just in Finn's imagination and nowhere else. But I guess we'll have to see if they call back to this at any point i would not put it past them to do so but you never know um there was also the mini bemo named simo that appears for a second in this episode uh not to be seen again in the rest of the episode we'll have to see if simo comes back around to be important at all later on in the show i assume so because as we established in the distant lands episode there are more than one of these robots that Bimo is so we'll have to see if he comes up again in the show or if that's just kind of something that's going to lay dormant until 
the BMO episode. Um, and the last thing I wanted to mention is the monk Rashida that lived in the mountains in the soft blanket and pillow world was voiced by Wallace Shawn, who is a very iconic voice. Uh, he's Rex in Toy Story, the T-Rex toy, and also he was Bob Parr's boss in The Incredibles, so really iconic voice amongst other iconic roles as well, but overall this was just a very weird basket case of an episode. And it was just another instance when Finn basically outside of the main plot of the show gets to experience a strange alternate dimension where his life is completely different and there was a very strange part that I barely mentioned too where he was trying to recall Jake's talk to him about how nothing you care about in life really matters and he should just relax and have fun and he actually couldn't remember what Jake looked like so in the flashback in his head when he was an adult Jake looked completely different, so that just kind of shows how much of a journey Finn went on in this episode, similarly to how in the Blitz and Chits episode of Rick and Morty, Morty went on this crazy journey experiencing the life of Roy. It's very reminiscent, and it seems like they like to do lots of similar plot points uh, to Finn, it, to Morty and Rick and Morty, like, they've both kind of had similar, uh, episodes where, you know, you know, they have relationships that elapse in the entire episode, they experience living in alternate dimensions where their lives are better, and they eventually get pulled out, that kind of thing. I really appreciated this episode for what it was, hence why I've talked about it for so long, but there we have it, folks. Season 5, episode 17, BMO Lost, is another BMO-centric episode. And the episode opens with the titular character hanging out in the balcony boat crow's nest area of the treehouse, watching some dancing bugs with a telescope, when all of a sudden a massive-ass bird swoops them up and brings them to the middle of the woods on top of a high cliff peak where there's a bird's nest. And a horrific scene pursues where Bimo is fed to some baby birds. But thankfully, Bimo manages to escape when the mama bird is not there and starts to descend the cliff face just in time for a worm to tell BMO to come hide under the bird's nest where it's safe, but BMO doesn't manage to notice them and continues into the woods below to get lost. And basically, BMO finds themselves at the bottom of the forest in the middle of the woods, and there's just greenery around and not a whole lot else. And they seriously don't know which way home even close to is. But thankfully, a nice stranger happens to come by named Bubble. And Bubble is, of course, a bubble who also happens to have been lost in the woods for a long, long time. So long, in fact, that he cannot even figure out where he is, basically. Like, he doesn't remember where he came from. He doesn't know where he is. He's also lost in the woods, just like BMO. 
So Bimo and Bubble decide to team up and try and find a way out of the woods, and they begin their journey. And the first thing that happens almost immediately is they find a random baby in the woods. They literally find this massive-ass, ugly-ass baby, and Bimo is instantly impressed and is like, Oh my goodness, this is the most handsome baby I've ever seen in my entire life. And as he says that, he throws a freaking leaf over top of the baby's disgusting, mutated hand that he has. And uh, he decides to name the baby Ricky. And Bubble thinks that the baby looks more like a Sparkle instead and not a Ricky. And they kind of have a little argument about it. But they eventually just decide to each call the baby whatever they feel like and proceed on dragging the baby behind them. And the first obstacle they come up to is a massive ravine with a really rickety bridge over top of it. And immediately Bimo sends Ricky in to cross the bridge first. So the baby steps out onto the bridge and due to the weight of it, the bridge collapses and Bimo jumps in the river after the baby. And Bubble watches in terror. And basically, Bimo manages to grab Baby and rescue him. And they realize that the river that they're being sort of dragged along is eventually going to lead to a waterfall. And there's one of those iconic uh, waterfall rescue scenes where somebody has to try and rescue somebody else or somebody's else before they reach the end of the waterfall and they go over the edge. You know, they do it in a lot of different shows and movies and stuff. Pretty common media trope, I guess you could say. And uh, Bubble actually manages to save them with a really elaborate Rube Goldberg-style series of events, which basically involves, like, a bee's nest making a bunch of bees push over a rock to land on the dead corpse of a hunter setting off his shotgun to knock over a tree to block the river to catch Bimo and Ricky slash Sparkle at the last minute. And they crawl out and basically they start to get nervous because they hear this sound again that they've heard multiple times that Bimo describes as predators. So they continue on their journey. And they eventually reach a point where they have to hide because the sounds are so close to them. So they all try to hide inside of a tree stump that's hollowed out. But Ricky does not fit. So Bimo tries to pull Ricky in, but alas, the predator arrives. And it turns out to be Ricky slash Sparkle's mom. Uh, it's a woman that seems to be the same race as the baby, and she comes running out, and she has the same mutated-ass hand, and she's like, my baby, and she snatches it away from uh, Bimo and says, Sparkle, I've been looking for you, and Bubble takes a victory on guessing the name correctly, and essentially, it turns out this baby is actually the child of this strange person that also has the same mutated ass hand and that mutated ass hand was what was making the strange predator noises because that's how they do like their calls for their young I guess it was really strange 
But after being chastised some more by the mother, the mother leaves with Ricky slash Bubble, or not Bubble, Ricky slash Sparkle. And Bimo and Bubble are yet again left alone in the woods. And basically, Bimo sits down on a tree stump and is super bummed out. And Bubble says that he's going to go ahead and scout on ahead. And he comes back to report that he's ran into some strange dancing bugs. And Bimo realizes those are his friends, the dancing bugs from the beginning of the episode. So they must be close to the treehouse. And they continue a few steps further and they're out of the woods and into the grassy fields near the treehouse. And they finally make it back to the treehouse. And Bubble explains to Bimo that even though... Uh, he doesn't really remember where his home is anymore. He's realized something very important. He enjoys spending time with Bimo so much that his home is now with Bimo. And so right on the spot, even though he admits he doesn't really know what it means, he asks Bimo to marry him. And it's a very emotional moment. And Bimo says, I do. And just as Bimo says, I do, Jake answers the door, and realizing that BMO was at the door, and sees the bubble and pops it almost immediately. And BMO instantly starts crying on the floor, sobbing tears, basically crying out like, Bubble, I'm sorry I brought you here! And crying and crying and crying. And Jake proceeds to laugh at BMO because he thinks that BMO's pretending to cry. And Finn comes to the door and sees Bimo crying, and Jake says that he's pretending to cry, so Finn starts to laugh as well. And basically, you'd think that the episode was just going to end with Bimo crying and Finn and Jake laughing at him. But what ends up happening next is what puts this episode into one of the really weird ones category. Basically, suddenly Bimo hears Bubbles' voice, and Bubble explains to Bimo that he realized that he actually wasn't the bubble. Like, his consciousness wasn't the bubble. It was the air inside of the bubble. And now that he's been freed from the bubble, he's actually managed to make it home. And Bimo's like, oh, Bubble, that's great. I'm so glad for you, but I'm going to miss you. And Bubble's like, no, Bimo, you don't understand. I'm the air. I am never going to leave your side for the rest of your life. You'll never have any privacy ever again. Every waking moment of every single day, I will be there. And he says it super fucking menacingly. And Bimo looks at the camera like seemingly mortified. And then all of a sudden chimes up and goes, Yay! And then the episode ends. And that is why that is one of the stranger episodes. That one moment kind of solidified this as being another really, really strange episode. We don't know for sure if any of this really actually happened because we know Bimo has a super active imagination and likes to create imaginary friends based off of objects. So that could have just been a normal bubble. We'll never know. But either way, let's check my notes. Um... Was this a filler episode? Yes. Snail spotted. Uh, there was a snail at the very beginning of the episode hanging out with the dancing bugs, but it didn't look like our snail, if that makes any sense. So I put no. 
but that could have been the snail. This was a bit of a strange one. And was there any fart jokes? Yes. I'm pretty sure the baby farted or something like that. Uh, the cutest part was definitely when Bubble asked BMO to marry him just to get popped, but it was still really cute before he got popped. Um, and the coolest part was when Bubble kind of did the Rube Goldberg machine thing to save them. And there was like a dead hunter's corpse and he knocked a rock over onto it to make the shotgun go off. That was badass. Uh, and some funny parts are like when they found Sparkle slash Ricky in the woods and Bemo said it was the handsomest baby ever, then proceeded to cover up its deformed hand. Um, Bemo getting told off by the baby's mother and Bemo deciding to marry Bubble only for Jake to open the door and pop him. And the weirdest part was definitely the ending with Bubble. I'm seriously scarred by that. Season 5, episode 18 is titled Princess Potluck. And guess what? There's a princess potluck. This episode opens with Finn and Jake on their way to said potluck. And we see Jake's all gussied up with some strange spiral makeup and a purse. And they're about to arrive to the party. And when they arrive at the party, immediately Finn sees a bounce house and exclaims, Bounce house! Oh my god! And like goes and tries to jump in the bounce house before realizing that it's actually bounce house princess and not a real bounce house. Yes, there is a princess canonically in this show who is a bounce house and presumably she is a part of a race where all of the people are also bounce houses or bounce bounce houses yeah that's what i meant to say um really strange shit there but i'm gonna try and ignore that for now and carry on either way they walk up to this like uh serving table where princess bubblegum's behind it and basically uh, they're like, hey, princess, we're here, and they present what they brought for the potluck, one can of soda, and the princess explains that they're having some sort of, like, a competition, and the winner's gonna get to open this strange chest, and it turns out just to be a cooler, and she says, I'll go ahead and put this on ice for now, so she puts the soda in the nearby snow, because as it turns out, they're having the princess potluck on the border of the plains that the treehouse is in and the ice kingdom then we cut to the ice king looking out his window of his ice castle down at their party and getting really really upset because one he wasn't invited and two they're having fun without him so he decides to take it upon himself to basically ruin the party in any way he can and his first plan is to go through the woods and collect a bunch of cats and a bunch of bunnies. And he takes both of them back to his place and starts doing some really strange stuff to them. First off, he ties lemons to the cats. And then he force-feeds the rabbits a bunch of lasagna that Gunter made in his lasagna oven. 
Ice King calls it lasagna, by the way. I thought that was a funny little detail, so I'm putting that in here. And also, the snail happened to be at this part of the episode inside of the lasagna oven, so I hope he makes it out okay. But we did manage to spot the snail. I know I'm a little early on that, but we'll come back to that. Uh, but anyway, it turns out what the Ice King is doing with these various animals is he's making sour pusses and party poopers out of the cats with lemons strapped to them and the bunnies that are super stuffed on lasagna. And he basically unleashes them onto the party and we see first the sour pusses. Uh, not only do the people of the party enjoy the fact that there are cute cats all over the place, they also have lemons for their iced tea now. So they uh, cut the lemons up and, you know, squeeze them out to their iced tea and it just makes them have an even better time. And Princess Bubblegum even exclaims like, oh, now we don't have to make a lemon run. Awesome. And then the rabbits are sent in and the rabbits don't end up pooping at all and it's kind of just another failed attempt because they're just adorable and everybody likes having them there. After that plan backfires, the Ice King thinks to himself and he wishes that he was at the party so he could ruin it by throwing punch on people. And that's when he gets the idea of dressing Gunter up as a princess and sending him into the party. And as soon as he's got Gunter all dressed up, he's basically like, Oh, Gunter, you're so adorable. Watch out wearing that for too long because I might start coming after you. And Gunter pulls out a literal taser and, like, shocks the Ice King, which is a really funny thing to happen. Uh, but anyway, the Ice King flings Gunter out the window and down to the party. And immediately the disguise fails and everybody recognizes him. And uh, immediately they're all like, oh, hi, Gunter. Want to party? And Gunter's just like, yeah. And Gunter starts to party with them. <laughs> so that plan fell through as well. Um, and I forgot to mention it, but one of the B-plots of this episode is the fact that Finn has this really disgusting rash on his foot. And it's because he was not wearing a sock on one of his feet while he was out adventuring. And it rubbed against his shoe, and now he has a rash. And Gunter's dress happens to be made out of socks. So Finn tries to snatch up a sock and uh, so he can slip it on. And Gunter shocks him with the taser as well, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, good good bit. I love Gunter with the taser. You know, strong, independent penguin that ain't need no man kind of deal. Good shit all around with that gag. So after the Gunter plan falls through as well, the Ice King is completely out of ideas. So his last plan is to try and put in a noise complaint to the Banana Guard and see if they'll try and... Uh, shut down the party and the banana guard if you don't remember are based out of the candy kingdom and basically they're the police force for the land of Ooh, even going as far as to make siren noises when they're approaching and so the ice king calls him up and he basically is like hey i want to i want to submit a noise complaint there's some people bothering the ice kingdom's residents and the banana guard are like oh is this the ice king and he's like yes and the banana guard guy's like, oh, we hate you, so we don't care. Literally, that's what he says. He's like, oh, we're not listening to you. We hate you. <laughs> and then they hang up, which is really funny. And so the Ice King calls back, doing a voice of an old woman. And 
basically, he's like, Hello, this is uh, a member or a resident of the Ice Kingdom. I'd like to file a noise complaint. And then they're like, is this the Ice King? And he's like, no, it's an old lady. And basically, they start to not fall for it. So he pretends to be a husband to this old lady. And basically, the lie keeps going and going. And he keeps making up all these different characters. It's really funny. Like, oh, here's the pizza delivery boy. Oh, here's the freaking neighbor. And he has voices for all of them. And it's so fucking funny. And eventually, the banana guard believe him that it's not the Ice King, and they believe the noise complaint, and they come to investigate. But of course, when they arrive, Princess Bubblegum, especially since they're her guards, basically is just like, hey guys, you want to party? And they're like, yeah, sure. And they don't follow up on the noise complaint, and they just start partying. Which is so funny, just the idea that there's a possibility that in the land of Ood, noise complaints would actually be a thing because you just think about every single episode where Finn and Jake save the Candy Kingdom they always have like a dance party afterwards so it's clear that they don't care about noise and stuff like that and they're pretty like you know okay with partying and all that so I thought that that was a pretty funny bit as well but uh, yeah there was that and so basically after that, the Ice King is completely out of ideas, so he decides to do the thing that he probably should have done from the very beginning, and he goes and attacks the party using his ice magic. And immediately it starts hailing and hurting the party goers, and uh, Bounce House Princess is like, Everyone, take shelter inside my body! Which is a really fucking funny bit, and I loved that. And everybody crawls inside, and the Ice King starts pounding down with, like, ice lightning and all that. And Finn's like, what the fuck, Ice King? God damn it. And literally, he's like, ah, I'm pissed off because you guys are having a party without me and I wasn't invited. And Princess Bubblegum's like, you were invited, you fucking idiot. And it turns out the Ice King actually does not check his mail. He just takes the mail out of the mailbox and stacks it in the corner of his room, so... He did not get the invite. Uh, so basically, the Ice King's like, Oh, fuck, really? I was invited all along? I'm sorry, I did not mean to ruin the party. And they decide to uh, pick it back up and start having the party again, even though all of the like uh, food and everything on the table was knocked over and destroyed and all that. But they still just have a good time and have a little party. And the end gag for this episode is Jake actually gets shot with a bow and arrow. And the reason for that is when he was wearing his makeup at the beginning of the episode, Finn made a remark that his makeup was weird and it looked like he was wearing a target. And Jake was like, ah, nonsense. And so they followed that up by having Jake get shot by a bow and arrow by none other than his crazed fan, the squirrel, who if you recall from an episode many seasons ago, was pissed off at Jake for not answering his fan mail in his like holographic newspaper article that he writes for. So that's a huge callback, and that's a huge continuation of that annoying fucking squirrel story. We've also seen the squirrel one other time attempt to assassinate Finn and Jake <laughs> with the son of uh, the Earl of Nuts or the, the 
Duke of Nuts or whatever. Seriously, though, what a fucking callback. I totally forgot about that squirrel, and then they're just like, here you go. And that's basically it for this episode. Let's go over my notes here and make sure I did not miss anything. Uh, so, yes, this was a filler episode. Yes, I did spot the snail, like I mentioned, inside of the Ice King's lasagna oven. Uh, and no, there were no fart jokes. The cutest part was definitely Jake all dressed up in his makeup and purse. And Princess Bubblegum even says when he gets to the party that he's pretty, which I thought was adorable. Um, and the funniest parts, when Finn does his iconic yell in excitement for the bounce house, only for it to turn out to be bounce house princess, instantly deflating his excitement. Um, the Ice King sending in the cats and bunnies to try and be sourpusses and party poopers, and it fails. I loved the literal joke. It's just the kind of thing that I'd expect from the Ice King's character. Because he's so, like, old-school cliché and he does not understand things, but he tries to reference them, and I really, really love that about him. Um, Gunter's taser, both times he tries to use it, was fucking hilarious. And the Ice King calling the banana guard, and him having to pretend to be different characters in order to trick them was really funny. And also the fact that they just said, like, we hate you, we're not listening to you, duh. Um, and also when Bounce House Princess was like, take refuge inside my body! That was really funny, too. Uh, the two weirdest parts were definitely when Finn had his gross-ass leg rash. At the end of the episode, they actually take tortillas and make a sock for him out of tortillas for some reason, which is even weirder and even grosser. And also, the return of the squirrel. So, there we have it, folks. Pretty average filler episode, but it had some nice Ice King gags, and overall, I was a pretty big fan of this one. So, yeah. Season 5, episode 19, James Baxter, is yet another episode of Adventure Time, and it focuses on topics of jealousy and trends and social norms and that kind of thing. After rescuing some people, Finn and Jake struggle to cheer them up, and all of a sudden this random-ass horse rolling on a beach ball comes by saying his name James Baxter James Baxter and it's the weirdest fucking shit I've ever seen and essentially everybody thinks it's really hilarious and it instantly cheers them up and the idea behind this is this James Baxter horse guy is so popular and funny that everyone loves him and whenever he comes around everyone instantly gets cheered up essentially it's the adventure time equivalent to a funny meme that everyone likes and finn and jake get jealous of james baxter because they used to be the ones that people would get excited when they saw similarly to how there was that one episode where they showed up at the party and they were just kind of goofing around and everybody was laughing and smiling at them people now do that for James Baxter. Sorry, James Baxter! And so naturally, Finn and Jake want the attention brought back to them. So they decide that they're going to develop their own viral trend in order to 
convince people to think they're funnier than James Baxter. Yes, I am going to keep saying it like that. And what they try at first, actually, is just straight-up imitation. So they start to go around the land of Ooh, going, Finn, Jake, and entertain people like that. And people do not find it funny whatsoever. Just around the land. And then they also go to a funeral to try to cheer up the people of a funeral. Which obviously is a bad idea. And they do not give a single shit. And they get mad at Finn and Jake for interrupting the funeral. And then Finn and Jake go to the Candy Kingdom. And they come across a sucker girl who just dropped her fountain pop. And she's crying about it. And Finn and Jake walk up to her going, Finn, Jake, to try and cheer her up. And they end up backing her into a corner and she's terrified for her life. And she's so scared she starts to cry and scream. And Finn and Jake are really bummed out by this because they know that they're more talented than this. And they know that they're more funny than this. So they really just want to make people like them again. And they really just want to have a trend on their hands that people will enjoy and it'll cheer them up. So they go back to the treehouse and immediately begin having BMO record them so they can just do random sounds and noises and say random jokes in an attempt to come up with something funny in order to become popular. And they do this for a long time and eventually we end up cutting to them in the bathtub with BMO and they are in the bathtub it turns out because they're going to scrub through the footage get it ha 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 literal joke uh, I actually thought it was really funny when I realized at first I was like what the hell and then BMO was like who's gonna scrub me and then they scrubbed him like they used the little bar they dragged it along so they could review the footage I'm so upset that I did not get the joke sooner than that, but once I did get it, I thought it was the funniest shit. Um, and basically, they find a segment that they keep laughing at, and they're like, okay, this is pretty funny, but it needs to be funnier. So they decide to take it one step further and bring this sound to a sound recording booth to modify it to perfection. And in addition to that, add music to the track and actually now that I say that I don't know if that's correct I don't think they added music to the track I think they just perfected the sound and then they decided that they also had to find a way to act it out that was funny as well that was the whole thing the place they go to start working on editing the sound is this crazy cool place called the Sound Institute of Sound and basically it's like this massive like building that has all of these fancy different rooms with these fancy different machines that are really arse, artistically arse, artistically interesting and aesthetically very cool and they mess with the sound in all sorts of crazy ways and it eventually leads to them being in some sort of an auditorium and there's a massive blackboard and they're writing on the blackboard and they're trying to figure out how to perfectly nail the sound that they've created. And uh, that's when they get the idea to add an actual uh, visual nod to it as well and kind of make it sort of, you know, a trend. And it all comes together right at the very end into this whole little, like, 
thing that they do where basically they uh, they make these weird noises like trumpet sounds and then Jake turns into a trumpet and Finn pretends to play him and then Jake turns into a ball and Finn rolls on him similarly to James Baxter um, did I say his name right too? shit I did. Sorry, guys. My brain's all over the fucking place today while I'm recording this review, so you'll have to forgive me. Uh, but either way, they created their viral sensation, their viral hit, and they start to tour the land of Ooh once again, trying this new bit that they've created, and the people love it. They go back through everyone they were at before, and everybody thinks it's the funniest shit, and it's actually pretty damn crazy. And what ends up happening is they go back to the funeral and perform their new trend there, which is still going on for some reason. I guess I didn't question it when I watched the episode. And the guy whose funeral they're at, his spirit comes out of his dead body and gets mad because Finn and Jake are pulling the tension, attention away from his funeral. And so he starts to attack. And what ends up happening is Finn and Jake get pushed into a corner and they can't defeat this guy. And James Baxter ends up showing up and making everyone at the funeral laugh and relax and calm down, including the spirit. And his spirit re-enters his body and the day is saved. This episode was fucking nuts, okay? And I think part of the reason why I'm stumbling over my words and having trouble remembering shit is because... There was just so much randomness involved in this episode, and the TLDR plot is literally like two sentences. Finn and Jake get jealous of a popular trend that is going on. Finn and Jake make new trend that everyone thinks is popular. That's it. That's the whole plot of the episode. But so much like weird random shit happens in between that it's not something I could really follow as well. And honestly, this episode kind of just did not stick out to me too well because of the fact that it kind of started to fall into that ha 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 funny because random you know trope that I kind of am not a huge fan of and so far Adventure Times kind of leaned on that a little bit but not to the point where I thought it was too much this episode did kind of cross that line in my opinion but either way let's go over my notes and see if there's anything that I missed Okay, so, was this a filler episode? Yes. Did I spot the snail? No. And were there any fart jokes? Also, no. Uh, the coolest part was definitely when, when they went to the Sound Institute of Sound. I thought that area was so cool, and the artists deserve a raise for how much effort they put into making all of the rooms in the Institute look unique and interesting and have all these cool machines that are designed all crazily and honestly this was the best part of the episode for me i was just so fascinated by all the crazy cool stuff going on inside inside of the institute it was nuts it was such a cool scene uh funniest parts when finn and jake were performing the james baxter at the funeral and everyone got mad at them when finn and jake were performing the james baxter at a little girl and it horrified her and traumatized her and also when Finn and Jake did their own trend and it ended up leading to uh, Jake transforming into a trumpet and then a ball that was pretty funny as well I enjoyed that 
Um, but yeah, the last thing I want to mention is the James Baxter concept is really strange. And if your brain doesn't link to the fact that it's literally just supposed to be a representation of viral trends, this episode makes almost no sense. It's like, why do Finn and Jake want to imitate this guy so bad? It's because he makes everybody laugh and he thinks that or everybody thinks that he's really funny. So it's a jealousy thing and it ties back into viral trends. But it was really hard to make sixes and sevens of this one, not going to lie with you. But overall, there were some interesting moments and some funny moments as well. So it's hard to give it too much flack. Season 5, episode 20, shh, is another strange one. I know I just got done saying that for the last episode, but it's true. This block of episodes is just really fucking weird. Basically, Finn and Jake go to bed one night, and when they wake up in the morning, immediately, Jake is holding up a sign saying that he is going to not talk at all today, and instead, hold up signs and Finn actually then holds up another sign to reply that he's like, he thinks that's a good idea and he's going to do it too. And basically the whole gimmick for this episode is Finn and Jake do not speak and instead they solely communicate with these signs. And the signs they write at the start of the episode, but then Finn asks Jake if they're just going to be able to make signs all day or not. And Jake says, no, just for the next minute. So they frantically both write a stack of universally usable signs where basically they are able to communicate using them because they are so broad and generic that they kind of work for more than one situation. And a lot of the humor from this episode comes from the fact that they made very specific signs, even though the best uh, course of action if you were in this situation would be to make broad signs they make such specific signs and they're able to pair their signs together to form pretty like eloquent sentences still even though they're limited by whatever they wrote earlier in the morning and when they go downstairs basically BMO walks in and says that he's invited over some bikini babes to have a party with them later today and he's all excited about it and Finn and Jake start to hold up the signs that say hi and BMO gets freaked out and thinks that the fact that they're not talking means that it's not the real Finn and Jake so he hides into the wall of the treehouse and he will not leave the wall no matter what and another big part of this episode is that Finn and Jake are trying to coax BMO out of the wall and explain to him what they're doing without being able to just say it. So BMO's hiding inside the wall and naturally they try to like reach in and send him notes and stuff like that and he just does not listen to it whatsoever. And he's all like curled up in like the fetal position and he's listening to some peaceful music. And Jake even shrinks down to like a tiny little size and walks through the wall and we see like an adorable little mouse family and a guy who's like a poet who is on a typewriter and he lives inside their wall which is really strange but kind of cool and eventually he makes it to BMO and BMO still freaks the fuck out and Jake is forced to retreat 
And eventually they try things like ripping up their signs and reorganizing the letters in such a way to let BMO know what's going on. And that doesn't work. And then it gets to the point where they're just like, all right, we're going to cut this wall down with axes and we're going to rip BMO out of the wall and force him to read the note because BMO is refusing to come out to even see the notes at this point. And basically... What ends up happening is BMO leaves the wall and immediately runs outside and Finn and Jake just kind of shrug and start cleaning up the house and BMO comes back inside with the bikini babes and actually he does not come back inside with them because they actually fall through the ceiling of the treehouse because they for some reason climb onto the ceiling. I don't really remember why they're on the roof but uh, essentially they fall through the roof and BMO exclaims that it's not the real Finn and Jake and he needs their help to defeat the fake Finn and Jake. So immediately the bikini babes start to fight Finn and Jake and beat the shit out of them. And Finn and Jake manage to hold their own for a little bit but then eventually end up getting defeated. And Jake even ends up talking, losing their little bet uh, because he's got a bunch of pressure on his back from one of the bikini babes and it's hurting him. And essentially, uh, once it's revealed why they weren't talking, Bimo relaxes and all the bikini babes apologize and then they start to have a party. End of the episode. That was a really easy one to explain, surprisingly. Especially compared to the episode I was just talking about with James Baxter. That one was actually pretty easy to blow through. I'm going to switch over to my notes now and see if there's anything that I happen to miss somehow. So obviously, yes, this was a filler episode. No, I did not spot the snail. I thought for sure it would be in the walls, but it did not happen to be in the walls. And no, there were no fart jokes. Um, the cutest part was definitely when Bimo was all curled up in the wall, hiding. And he was actually playing this song multiple times throughout the episode to relax him called... No Wonder I by Lake. It's a really good song. You should definitely look it up on Spotify. I had heard it before this, surprisingly. I don't know where, but it sounded so familiar. I'm sure of it. But it's a really good song that fit BMO's like, panic mode really well. Alright, what else do I have here? Uh, the coolest part was definitely the little writer guy uh, writing poetry in the walls on a little typewriter. He actually sent, like... A piece of paper out the wall with Jake that said like living in the walls is not a great life or something like that and it was really funny because <laughs> it was bad poetry um, and the funniest part for sure was definitely when Finn and Jake were fighting the bikini babes because they were just beating the shit out of Finn and Jake which was so funny because you know they're just bikini babes but it was really humorous because Finn and Jake were bested by some random women who are not even really supposed to be like fighters or anything so I thought that was funny um, and the last thing I wanted to note here is the party god actually shows up again at the very end of the episode if you recall he was in an earlier episode of the show where Jake was addicted to partying and now he's back he's literally a floating decapitated wolf's head who loves to party and it's just kind of weird that they brought him back because he's such a strange character but he showed up at the very end of the episode to have fun with Finn and Jake and the Bikini Babes. Overall this was a pretty solid episode and I found it to be 
uh, quite a funny one. And I loved the idea that they were just not communicating and they were using signs instead. And Bimo immediately thought, since they weren't talking, that they were not the real Finn and Jake. That's such a funny thing, and it's so funny of Bimo to do that because that's perfectly within his like character traits and kind of what we've seen out of him so far because he's such a paranoid and like scared little robot guy uh, but overall this is a pretty solid filler episode but yeah there we have it folks that's gonna do it for this episode of Hyrulean Reviews Adventure Time this was an interesting set of filler episodes Definitely not as great as the last batch, not gonna lie. There were some duds in here, but they were all still fun and enjoyable to watch either way. And overall, they just kind of had some interesting ideas that they hadn't really done at all in the show so far, so I was a big fan of that. And before I go as well, one last thing I wanted to remind everybody is the fact that the next block of reviews will be for episodes 21 through 26 and that will mark the mid-season finale for this season and I will be doing some sort of a supercut or an analysis of some sort to kind of reach a midpoint for the season but yeah either way I'll be doing something so keep an eye out for that one folks and as always have yourselves a fantastic week and I'll catch you in the next one bye bye Thank you.